Welcome to Time Out with Sam, where I take ideas, concepts, and experiences from the classroom into your homes. In episode two, I will be talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how to reach the top for you and your family. I will explain the need at each level with examples so you know what it should look like in your home and tips to advocate for your child's well-being. Hello everyone, relax and take a time out. Many of us go through the motions each day and you get very routined. So just like that saying, the days are long, the years are short. We look back hoping we're doing the best we can for our family so that we can keep pushing forward. Stop, stop going through the motions, stop doing the minimum, stop shrugging your shoulders like that emoji with our hands in the air while hoping for the best and stop looking back. I'm going to give you a parent mental check-in using Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I want you to notice where you are, what are your strengths, and what areas you can work on. Now, there is always something to work on, and that does not make you any less of a parent. It makes you the best person you can be for your family. And I want you to remember that. And also remember, you are your child's first teacher. So your nonverbal actions and habits are another way they are learning from you. So be that model and teach them those important virtues of life, like to never take things for granted, to be grateful, to be safe, how to create healthy relationships, how to love themselves, how to work hard, and how to be proud of themselves. And in order to do that, you need to lead by example. Yeah, still make mistakes, and that's a part of life. What's important is how you show them to learn from it and support them all the way to the top based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now I want you to remember the triangle. Okay, Picture that and at the base of that is a child's physiological need. Do you have running water? Do you have food to eat? Do you have a house and a bed to sleep in? Do you have appropriate clothes to wear? Those kinds of things are things that you need in order to survive. Baseline, have to have it. You don't need fancy. I mean, I go to Goodwill and shop for clothes all the time for me and the girls, and it's like an Easter egg hunt, and it gets pretty exciting. You know, you find an H&M sweater for five bucks. Hey, um, okay, you don't have to go to a Nike store and buy a $50 sweatshirt for your child in order to feel like their basic needs are met. Okay, so with that being said, this is where we teach our children to be grateful and to work hard, give them that understanding that these are basic essentials that we need in order for us to live. They are our given rights, but we need to take care of them because if we don't, they're gone and you will struggle and there is no way you will thrive and learn in that environment when you're trying to survive, okay? So do you see why those baseline needs are so important? You have to work hard to maintain those needs, okay? So in your household, you need some sort of income for all of those basic needs. Again, you you don't 
need to be a scientist or have some fancy job title to pay the bills. I mean, of course, you know, do what you love and, and that should be your goal. But if you got to flip burgers, you flip them burgers, okay? Your child is not going to thrive when they're hungry and homeless. They're not going to learn when they're tired and their main focus is on how am I going to survive through this day. So I am going to say, though, if you are a family who needs aid, there is no shame in asking for help, whether you're maybe you're in between jobs or you just have a job with little to no income. Um, okay. In order to make those child's to meet those child's basic needs, get that help. There's there's WIC, there's SNAP, there's um, Medicaid and Medicare, there's um, food pantries, thrift shops. I mean, there's a, a HUD. There's and per state, I'm sure it's different, but look for those resources so that those basic needs are met, and you can focus on things a little more important than just the things that you have. Okay, like you know, the people sitting at your dinner table. Okay. Now, by providing those basic needs for your children, you are creating a secure and consistent relationship with them. You are teaching them to be grateful for what we have and to work hard for those things. And in the classroom, for me, it's the same thing. Um, you know, if a child comes in and, and they're not wearing appropriate clothing, I make sure I'll dig out my bin and, and I'll, I'll dress them appropriately. Um, I make sure that if they need more time to eat because they don't have a good amount of food at home, I let them have seconds, thirds, however many, and, and, and I let them sit at the table as long as they need to. I don't force them to clean up. Um, if a child is tired, um, I'll let them lay down for nap time early or if it's the middle of the day. I let them lay down. Um, so in the classroom, I am able to, the best that I can, provide for them at that level if they're not getting it in the home. But then I also help the family with those resources that I said. I get them those resources so that they have it in the home too. Okay? Um, it's very important for parents and teachers to work together like that. Okay. Now, once you feel that those needs are met, and it's the same all around for, you know, infants up through school agers, no matter how old you are, you, you need those basic needs. Okay. So once you feel that those needs are met, next up are their safety needs. Does your child feel safe at home? Does someone in the household have a reliable job? And is your child overall healthy? Now, that sense of security, yes, um, it's a little more than just stranger danger, okay? So, this is where we teach our children how to be safe in life, how to work hard, and how to work hard on those goals, okay? First of all, there, if there is abuse in the home, physical, verbal, drug, or alcohol, any of it, that is not acceptable whatsoever. Trauma is being created for your child by exposing them to that. And I will have later on a whole episode on trauma. So stay tuned for that one because that one will get kind of heavy. Um, but it's also a very important topic um, because trauma can come in any form and it's different for everybody. So 
if any of that is in your home, get out and get help or just simply call somebody. Again, there's tons and tons and tons of resources um, for you to get help for you and your family. That is top priority when it comes to that kind of safety. Um, but now I'm going to take you into my classroom. We teach our students to be safe by using their bodies. So, you know, walking feet, sit on all four legs of a chair, uh, pick up after themselves, etc. But instead of saying, don't do that or stop or be careful, start telling them what they can do instead of what they can't do. All they're hearing is no when you talk to them like that. And we all know that when we say no, that means game on, lady. Okay, so take a few extra seconds to say, we pick up our toys so we don't trip over them and get hurt. We sit on all four uh, legs of the chair so we don't tip out and hit our heads. Or we walk so we don't run into a friend and get hurt. Okay, tell them why what they're doing is keeping them safe and they will understand the importance of it just because, you know, you're taking the time to explain it. I also explain that our bodies need personal space and that others do too. I read a story called Personal Space Camp by Julia Cook and I also use hula hoops for a visual So I stick one kid in in the hula hoop and say, you know, this is like your bubble. This is your personal space. And then I throw like five other kids within that hula hoop with them. And I ask them, how do you feel? You know, not too great, right? And then I explain to them how you're feeling right now is how other people feel when you are in their space. Okay, it's a great way to teach students about personal space and how to stay safe. So, I mean, that book is a little more for, you know, maybe three on up. Um. But babies and toddlers need to be held close to your chest in order for them to feel safe and learn what safety is. So they're they're more of a hands-on. That's how you're going to teach them. So, you know, especially with toddlers, hold their hand. Teach them that the importance of staying close to you teaches them the basics of being safe. You know, don't wander off. You know, stay close to me. Um, And then they're going to learn that you are their safe person. You know, that you are their person to go to when, when they don't feel safe. Now, again, the next one, you know, having a reliable job. Um, having a job to maintain those basic needs is a necessity, but having a reliable job is what keeps those needs safe. Okay, that's, that's the level of security here that we are talking about. Having a job is going to keep your basic needs below that safe. You have to, if you have to, excuse me, flip burgers. Flipping awesome. But I'd always be on the look for the next best thing for job security. Okay. And then, you know, you're always bettering yourself also. Not only teaching your child what it's like to work hard towards your dreams, but how to stay safe and healthy is important. So, it's, it's work taking care of yourself and discipline, okay? I have, and I have a whole episode planned on self-care for you guys, okay? And that'll be, that'll be a fun episode also. Um, taking care of yourself keeps you alive and accountable. Okay? You have 
to go to school to learn. You have to go to work to get paid. And you can't do those things if you're sick. And if you ignore that and don't take care of yourself, it's going to get worse. So get in the habit of maybe taking vitamins as a family. Um, practice proper hand washing. Make teeth brushing fun. Make bath time fun. Get active together. Stay on top of your doctor visits. I mean, teach them to respect and keep their bodies safe. When you help provide them these safety needs, you are creating a relationship where your child feels safe coming to you for anything, okay? Once that level of needs are met, next up is love and belonging. Does your child have friends? Does your child feel loved? If, or is there, or this is where we teach them, sorry guys, this is where we teach them to be healthy, um, to have healthy relationships and how to work hard to create them. So in the classroom, I have a whole program called Second Step that I use with the kids to work out scenarios using puppets and picture stories and games to help them learn how to not only manage their feelings, but identify and understand them in the first place and how to interact with group situations so that they are able to create those friendships in the classroom and how to cooperatively work together. So Show your child how to be kind to one another and scaffold teach them how to communicate with friends when other peers or siblings are present until that hand over hand isn't needed. So you're, you, you might need to um, initiate that conversation for them with another peer um, and kind of help them with the back and forth and then kind of, you know, back off until you, you see them engaging and, and starting play. Um, and talk about what makes a good friend gives them that expectation on how to not only be a good friend themselves, but what to look for in others in order to judge a healthy relationship, okay? Um, I, I also always give my students positive affirmations and appraisals. So, you know, maybe they push a friend's chair and, oh, thank you, Sally. That was so helpful of you. Um, they share a toy. Wow, Sally, you're so kind for sharing with a friend. Um, maybe they take their lunch plate um, and they take care of it by themselves. Sally, you are so independent for putting your plate away. Praise them for good behavior and it will continue. Now match it with a positive adjective and make them feel loved. Make them feel special. So like... Thank you for listening. You are so helpful. Um, thank you for the hug. You are so kind. Now, soft touches and hugs are a great way to connect with your children, especially babies and toddlers. Babies and toddlers need to see those happy facial expressions and those simple word phrases with that, you know, happy, loving tone in them. And you have to, like, overdo it for them to, like, really see that. Um, they they learn by mirroring a lot. So when you overdo it, it's easier for them to see that. And then they, they catch on real fast. And they and it's just, I mean, babies can, they can sense those kind of things. So when you overdo it, like, really let them feel that. Um, 
make them feel loved so that you have that connection in your relationship. When they feel that connection, they will trust you and rely on you with anything social emotional in their life. You can never tell your child you love them too much. Okay. I, I tell my students I love them because I do. We have that sense of family there. Um, you know, even when I just put a hand on them or, you know, you give them the little tussle of the hair, or, you know, look them in the eyes, you know, tell them they're special. Um, I always do those kinds of things. And I can I can see the difference as the year goes on with the types of relationships that I am creating with my students. Now, once you know you have that strong, loving relationship with your child, help them work on their needs of esteem. Okay, that would be next up. So does your child respect themselves? Do they have good self-esteem? This is where we teach our children how to love themselves. In the classroom, we do a lot of self-talk. So it's where you tell yourself something over and over again so you don't forget it and then you accomplish it. So um, like at first, we taught them by, I'm going to clean up so I can go outside. I'm going to clean up so I can go outside. Or maybe it's just simple, I need to clean up. I need to clean up. Um, when they say this to themselves, they know they are in power and they feel great. So when they accomplish the task, it gives them a sense of pride and independence. So same thing, model it for your children and give them or and guide them in their own self-talk. You know, I can do this. I am smart. I'm a big boy. I can clean this up. If I go potty, I get a sticker. For babies and toddlers, at that level, it's more a lot of the yay and, and you're clapping, you know. Um, that teaches them the concept of self-esteem. You are encouraging them to be independent and to keep on trying. So like at that age, maybe it's they're walking or crawling. Um, maybe they're starting to kind of put their toys away, etc. Um, help them build their self-esteem up so they can accomplish the last need. Okay. Because next up and where you're at the tippy top is self actualization. Does your child believe they can do anything? This is where we teach them to be proud of themselves and to work hard. Watch them learn new things every day, whether it's actually eating baby food without spitting it out at you, um, or maybe they learned addition. They can now ride a bike, or they went on the potty. Encourage them to challenge themselves. Maybe it's sitting up on their own. Maybe it's to walk to you. Push the stool over and get it themselves off the counter. Um, you know, use that, that higher order of thinking, you know. Maybe it's to play with a friend on their own. Find a hobby. Join a club. Work hard in school so that one day they can have their dream career and accomplish big things. This is it. This is the top. And now the sky is the limit for them. Were you able to see how these needs unfold into each other to create the well-being of every child? And with every need that hard work was being taught, because hard work pays off, it stands for something. Be the light for your child. Be the best person you can be so that they can be better. 
I'd like to know what was your light bulb moment during this episode. Um, or if you need me to explain another need a little more in depth for you. What's up? You want the sweatshirt off? Okay, can you wait one second? Can you wait patiently? Okay. So, no, no, you can't wait patiently. All right. Um, I'm going to multitask here. We're going to take this sweatshirt off. Um, so go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at timeoutwithsam. And since my only example I really needed for this is maybe your visual of the triangle um, with some verbiage on it of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I'll drop a picture of that into my highlights and it will be in the, the podcast one um, for you to take a look at. Um, so again, just to kind of maybe go backwards with it. When you're at the top, I'm going to give you a one last kind of look at this and then please, please find me on Instagram and let me know what you think or if you have any other questions. Um, at the top was their self-actualization. Like just picture that. I mean, even you, when you feel like you can you're on top of the world and you can conquer anything just to have that confidence that you can do anything in life. Okay. And how you got there looking back, well, you had to build up your self-esteem first of all, right? Okay. So that's why we are helping our children build their self-esteem. Okay. And in order for you to even help them build that self-esteem is because you had to create that loving relationship, you know, that relationship that they know you're always going to be there for them. And in order to do that is you had to make them feel secure. You had to give them that sense of safety. And in order to give them that sense of safety, you had to provide their basic needs. You had to give them life. You have to, you have to give them those tools in order for them to move on and survive in life. So hopefully that kind of helps you kind of going backwards there. So Thanks for taking a time out with me today. Until next time.